0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the
1: Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we'll look at Psalms 15 and 16 where David lists the characteristics required to dwell in God's presence and the marvelous joys of being there. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in the Psalms.
0: On Simply the Bible. Yesterday, we experienced a beautiful worship service. You know, there's no greater joy than to be transported through worship into the very presence of God and to have that consciousness that He is with you. No doubt, this is the reason David was so passionate for worship. We continue today in Psalm 15. Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? This is a worthy question that David asks. We know that David was a man after God's own heart, meaning that he longed to be with the Lord. Yet because he was not a priest, he could not enter the tabernacle known as the holy place, but he could dwell on the holy hill of Mount Zion. In this psalm, David describes the characteristics of the godly person. We are not saved by possessing these characteristics. We're saved by our faith in Jesus Christ. But, as those who have been redeemed, we should seek by grace to bring forth these characteristics. Thomas Jefferson said of this psalm, It is the picture of the true gentleman. He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. David gives three verbs here walks, works, and speaks. First, the one who dwells with the Lord walks uprightly. Our religion begins with our walk, and our walk begins in the heart by choosing to walk uprightly. We delight in righteousness and walk courageously with our head up. Second, we work righteousness. We are saved by our faith, but as James says, faith without works is dead. We prove the genuineness of our faith by what we do. Third, we speak the truth in our hearts. It is good to speak the truth with our lips, but this first begins by valuing truth in our hearts. We don't entertain lies within. The true heart brings forth true words. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. You know, backbiting is a terrible sin that unfortunately happens in the church. In Proverbs, we are told that God hates the one who sows discord among brothers. A simple rule of thumb to keep us from backbiting is to never say anything behind someone's back that you wouldn't say to his face. Jesus always spoke his hardest words to someone's face and his kindest words behind their back. Loving our neighbor as we love ourselves prevents us from doing him harm. And others may take up a reproach against your friend or someone you respect, but you don't need to take up their reproach. If you've been harmed by something you've heard about your friend, then it's better to go to your friend and verify the story than to harbor resentment. Verse 4, In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change. We must not approve of the evil done by others regardless of their position. We are to give respect to whom respect is due, and respect is due to those who fear God, who hate evil, and who keep His commandments. The honorable man who dwells with the Lord also keeps His word, even when it hurts. Because God always keeps His word, He values the one who keeps promises. We live in a culture where people easily break their promises, but that is sin. God expects us to do what we say and to pay our vows. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. Now, under the Mosaic law, a Jew could not charge his fellow Jew interest, but he could charge foreigners' interest. It is wrong to charge exorbitant interest, especially of the poor, to whom God tells us to freely give. Receiving bribes perverts justice and undermines the foundations of society. Now David says, he who does these things shall never be moved. The Hebrew word translated moved speaks of being shaken or toppled over. So the person who has these characteristics and who does these things will not fall. He has built his house firmly upon the rock and and God will be his helper. Psalm 16. The title says it's a mictum of David. Now we're uncertain what the word mictum means. It is applied to six Psalms. F.B. Meyer writes, mictum is derived by some from a word meaning golden. Others explain it as a secret. So, if we put these together, we have a golden secret, something hidden from the people of the world, but revealed to the children of God. Both Peter and Paul applied this psalm to Jesus Christ. Verse 1 Preserve me, O God, for in you I put my trust. How we all need not the saints to preserve us, but God Almighty. Jesus said in John seventeen eleven, Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. We must be kept by the protecting hand of our Heavenly Father. He is our refuge in times of trouble, and nobody can snatch us out of his hand. O my soul, you have said to the Lord, You are my Lord. My goodness is nothing apart from you. David recognized that his goodness came from the Lord. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, What do you have that God hasn't given you? And if everything you have is from God, why boast as though it were not a gift? You know, I'm always wary of those who boast that they are better than others. Now, even if it is true, who made them better? Isn't it true that all our goodness and every good thing we have received or accomplished is a gift of God's grace? As for the saints who are on the earth, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. David delighted in the living saints. How wonderful is fellowship with them? One of the greatest challenges with the coronavirus pandemic has been this loss of fellowship, We are commanded not to forsake gathering with other believers. Thankfully, we are still able to do this with face masks, but it is difficult not to physically embrace our loved ones. The saints are more excellent and majestic than the rulers of this world who don't know Christ, for they are the children of God. Their sorrows shall be multiplied who hasten after Christ another god. Their drink offerings of blood I will not offer nor take up their names on my lips. Idolatry always leads to sorrow. Pagan worship included blood offerings to false gods of which David would have no part nor would he permit even to speak their names. J. Vernon McGee describes an idol as anything that comes between us and our worship of God. So what prevents us from worshiping him? What person, place, or thing, or desire would we chase after more than God? From the belly of a great fish, Jonah prayed, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup, You maintain my lot. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. Not only is God our protector, he is also our portion. When the children of Israel entered the promised land, the boundary lines were determined for each of the twelve tribes of Israel. David confessed that the lines had fallen to him in pleasant places. God had been good to him, and he was content. Can we say the same thing? We are told that godliness with contentment is great gain. It is also a great joy. God is our pleasant portion now and our good inheritance later. I will bless the Lord who has given me counsel. My heart also instructs me in the night seasons. I have set the Lord always before me. Because He is at my right hand, I shall not be moved." As King David had to make many decisions, he needed good counsel. He had his advisors, but his greatest counselor was the Lord. Isaiah calls Christ the wonderful counselor, and Jesus called the Holy Spirit the helper. The Greek word is parakletos, meaning one who comes alongside to help. The Holy Spirit spoke to the people of the early church, to direct the work of Christ in the world? Should we not depend upon this living, reliable, everlasting source of counsel to us today? David's heart also instructed him in the night seasons. If we are storing up good things in our heart, that is, the word of God, then our hearts can give us good counsel. Often I wake up in the middle of the night Now, that used to bother me, and I would toss and turn and try to get back to sleep. But now I welcome such interruptions as opportunities to spend some time alone with Jesus. I have great times in the middle of the night where I pray and He speaks to my heart. And if I'm anxious over some concern, and there are many, I talk it over with Him and cast it on Him. And usually, I'm able to go right back to sleep without a problem. I know of no better way to go through life than to continually set the Lord before us. If He is before us, then I am following His leading, and there is tremendous peace. I also know that He is at my right hand, helping me throughout the day. Unexpected things may and will occur, but I won't be moved or shaken, at least not too much. They won't freak me out, (laughs) because I know He's with me. Therefore, my heart is glad, David said, verse 9, and my glory rejoices. My flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. Now, in Acts chapter 2, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, quoted this and applied it to Jesus Christ. He said that David died and was buried. But as a prophet, he foresaw that Christ would be one of his heirs and sit on the throne. So David spoke of his resurrection, that his soul would not be left in Hades, nor would his body decompose, but God would raise him from the dead. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Peter also applied this verse to Christ. God showed him the path of life and received him into his presence, where there is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians, But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus." that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. You know, we are certainly on planet Earth, but there's also a part of us that is sitting with Christ in heaven. That is the wonderful access we have into the most holy place, into the very presence of God where he is seated on a throne of grace. And in his presence is fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore. Let us sit and commune with him today.
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to other episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. If you have any questions or comments, please contact us through our website. Tomorrow, we'll see where David cries out to the Lord for vindication against his enemies. He prays that God would uphold his steps and hide him beneath his wings. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the Psalms on Simply the Bible.